Hello everyone, welcome back to the SBK betting podcast coming to you just ahead of what looks to be a blockbuster weekend in Ireland. The Dublin Racing Festival is back just in its sixth year and my goodness this has been a massive insight into how good the Irish horses really really are. We know they're pretty smart but this weekend we're going to have a huge amount more to take away from it and uh, it comes just after our own trials day at Cheltenham where it was a bit of a case of seconditis for one man on this podcast Ross seconditis Miller and that's all right Gino ran a stormer behind stage star to finish second at 12 to 1 so a good selection put up at a good each way price and then of course sounds Russian given a, a belter of a ride in the Cotswold chase to finish second to Ahoy Senor. He was eight to one. There were so many stories from the Cheltenham Trials Day and there was plenty uh, for us to take away in terms of enjoying a good day for a spread of different owners and trainers. Whether we see some genuine Cheltenham Festival contenders, we'll have to see. But Ross, what was your main, if anything, your main takeaway from what we saw at Cheltenham last weekend? My main takeaway is that we we certainly haven't got the Gold Cup winner on these shores uh, for certain. I thought it was a really exciting race. It was brilliant to see a hoist in your back um, for Lucinda Russell and Peter Skinwalk because they have shown such faith in that horse. Um, so that was an exciting race, but I don't honestly think the Gold Cup winner is going to come from there. Um, and, and the other thing was just what a superb rider Harry Cobner has developed into. He's always been a good rider, but he just seems so confident and tactically astute with what he's doing. He seems to boss races. Um, and it would just be interesting to see whether he can carry that into the Cheltenham Festival. I certainly felt, and I don't think I was alone in feeling that perhaps the last two festivals, he's been slightly bullied into riding how the, the, the Irish jockeys in particular want him to ride. Be interesting to see if he can get his elbows out and um, perhaps dominate them a little bit like they've dominated him in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, look, and as an element of Paul Mickles not necessarily having the Cheltenham Festival horses. So he, they've been very consistent throughout the course of this season, whether they can all materialise, especially the, the main ones. Um, great to see Il Rodoto, who I know TC has always been a fan of. Um, just show off his true colours, wasn't it, in, in a, over that over the Cheltenham Trials day. Obviously, we also saw Enerjamine, um, which we thought we thought was a penalty kick, really, for him um, in the Clarence House chase, but didn't work out. TC, what were your thoughts um, around some of the others? Yeah, well, it was great to see Orodotto win, as he's touched on there. He's a horse that I've followed all season long. The one time I don't put him up on the podcast, <laughs> he goes and win a Cheltenham Handicap, which is, of course, sod's law. But I did have a little wager on him, nothing spectacular, but still something little, which is good. Um, as far as the festival goes... I think the two horses that are likely to run well at the festival that we saw at Cheltenham uh, on trials day, both got beat in Delta work and in Erjamin. Um I wouldn't be backing against either of them at this stage. I thought they both ran respectably. And Erjamin just wasn't himself. He didn't jump very well, which is uh, kind of a telling as to where he finished in the race. I think if he jumped better, he would be uh, right up there and bang alongside Editor Deji and Edward Stone. Two to one on him right now, I think it's a very fair price. And people will just write him off because, you know, when you see a horse get beat last time out, instantly think, oh, well, this horse isn't as good as they once were. But I don't think that's the case. I think he'll get better uh, as we head into March. I still think he's the most likely winner of the champion chase. And Delta Work tends to take a couple of runs to get ready. Gordon Elliott 
over the last couple of weeks hasn't been firing on all cylinders. So he's probably still the most logical winner of the cross country. As far as the winners are concerned, I don't think uh, I don't think there was anything spectacular. So those are the two to take out of it. Okay, yeah, well, look, I'm quite happy with my anti-post champion chase selection in Blue Lord after seeing what we did um, in the Clarence House chase. What does Paul Edwardstone have to do to prove himself? He was clearly um, coming into that, near, like, going odds on um, in running um, and just denied. But he's now usurped in a Jameen in some book, but for, in, in some places as the uh, antipose favourite for the champion chase. Um, it, so it makes it a little bit more interesting when horses like Energy Mean get beat. Whether we'll see horses that have these uh, spectacular profiles at the Dublin Racing Festival get beat, we will find out. But look, the Dublin Racing Festival, if the Cheltenham Trials Day isn't necessarily a perfect stepping stone for horses over the years gone by for the Cheltenham Festival, this festival definitely is. 15 races over the course of two days. As I said, it's only been around for five years, but there have been 27 festival winners have come from it. Five out of the 28 Cheltenham Festival winners ran at the Dublin Racing Festival in 2022. Could have been six of Gallop and Deschamps not fallen at the last um, at the festival itself. But look, it, that, that, those stats speak for itself. You're going to most likely see at least one, maybe two, maybe more uh, Cheltenham Festival winners from this weekend, whether they're just going to get prep runs to get them perfectly tuned out, um, whether they're going to win again, we shall see. But it's perfect in terms of it comes at the right time. The ground is always pretty decent and there's really competitive fields. And we're going to look at what we feel at this stage, looking, we know the decks for Saturday. We don't have all the decks for Sunday, obviously. We've got the decks for Saturday. And at the moment, the race of that day, could be the race of the whole weekend, is the Irish Arkle. No idea what was in Willie Mullins' cereal this morning, but he decided just to go for gold and throw everything in, declare them all, and just see who comes out on top. Appreciate it. Dysert Dynamo, El Fabiolo, uh, Sanwa, and Flamebearer, all from Willie Mullins, as part of this eight-strong field. And appreciate it. We'll have um, number one jockey from the yard, Paul Townend, on board. So he's the two-to-one favourite. Danny Mullins on Dysert Dynamo. He is 11-4. to four. El Fabiolo, Mount of Daryl Jacob, is 5-1. to one. Bambridge, 7. San Juan, 9s. Phil Dahl, 14. Flamebearer, 16. And Visionarian, 28-1. to one. Okay, appreciate it. The high achiever. He's done it all. Top class bumper, top class novice hurdler. Has all the credentials to go right to the top as a novice chaser. He's a nine-year-old. He's a bit older. He's got all the much more experience. Everything sounds pretty there for him, doesn't it? And they've also spoken of him as the most exciting horse from this novice division in their yard. But is he a two-miler or is he a two-and-a-half-miler, Ross? Is that what we're going to find out on Saturday? Yeah, I... I I think we could well see the winner of the Cheltenham Festival Arkle and the Turners uh, in this race. Um, anyone that's watched the anti-post uh, podcast that we've done will know that I'd be hoping that Appreciate It is a, a gallant staying on second here because I'm pretty keen on him to go towards the Turners and I'm really keen on Dysart Dynamo. Um, I think you have to say it's, it's telling that Paul Townend presumably has chosen to appreciate it but as I mentioned in the um, anti-post special he clearly just loves this horse so I think you know whether he's a little bit heart overhead um, is what I'm hoping Danny Mullins is is by no means a, a, a bad replacement on Dysart Dynamo he's clearly going to go from the front I don't think appreciate it will be far behind um, 
the one concern uh, for me, my selection is Dysart Dynamo, I'm not going to desert him, is the presence of Flame Bearer because he's pretty free and likes to go forwards too. Um, Dysart Dynamo, I thought, looked more rideable, looked more settled last time on his chase debut at Le- Leperstown, but he did get his own way out front. Um, it would be a mild concern that Flame Bearer might just light him up and and take him on. And if that's the case, uh, it might set it up for a closer, which I expect to be appreciated. Um, it's not a race I'm going to have a bet in, but it's a race I am really excited to see. And what you have to say is if any one of these were lining up in a trial over in uh, in the UK, they'd be a very short price favourite. And it just does show the the strength that Ireland have, and in particular, uh, Willie Mullins has. Yeah, it's so true. And look, Banbridge's already went over to Cheltenham and beat maybe not the best of our horses, but the form has worked out well from that Cheltenham win with Tommy Oscar winning the other day. And he, in his own right, came back to Ireland to try it up against the best and was beaten himself. So that is probably a piece of form to to note for from our perspective. But none of them have uh, run against John Bond in this division yet. And that, I think that's what we'll see. Who's the biggest likely likely chance to take on John Bond in the English equivalent of the Arkle at Cheltenham? Um, as Ross says, it's probably not a betting race, so watching races, lots will discover here. Definitely fat-finding missions for all of these, and I suppose that's what Willie Mullins wants to discover as well, Tom. Who is the best in this division? Who's the ultimate two-miler as well? For me, Dysart Dynamo has that written all over him, and he's got one way of running, whereas Appreciate It probably is a little bit more versatile. Do you think that that will benefit Appreciate It, or do you think uh, Dysart Dynamo could run him into submission? Well, whenever I look at a race, whether it's flat or over jumps, the first thing I look for is pace. How much pace is in the race? How many front runners are there? And then what speed are they likely to go in the early stages? And as Ross has briefly touched on there, not only have we got Dysart Dynamo, who's an extremely keen going type, wants to get on with things, wants to go out in front and is seen at his best when he's leading. But we've also got Flame Bearer. We've also got El Fabiolo, two horses that have very similar makeups. They want to go forward. They want to get racing at a high speed and that's how they've been winning their their most recent contests so it looks to be a pretty fast pace in here now if you look at paul townend's comments after appreciate it's two chase victories this year albeit they came in extremely weak heats i think he was sent off what one to five and one to nine or something yeah one to five and one to nine he said i don't want to be out in front on appreciate it this horse idols when he's out in front by himself and when he won first up this year when jack kennedy came alongside i think it was on top bandit paul townend said appreciate it immediately found plenty and cruised away to win he's a horse that wants a pace to chase and i think he's definitely going to get it in here now i know this doesn't look on paper to be a betting race because there's so many willie mullins trainees it's hard to know the pecking order it's hard to even know if appreciate it is going to be the star act of this division as we've already touched on he could go to the turners over a, a longer trip but i just think appreciate it has to be the bet and is by far the most likely winner in this race he's done very little wrong in his career we have to remember that he lost twice uh, in bumpers one at the cheltenham festival when second given too much to do um and his only defeat since bump his bumper days came in the champion hurdle last year where he was coming off a 364 day layoff and clearly just wasn't his his self that day uh, he got absolutely stuffed put a line through that form why would you take appreciate it on? That's my question. There's plenty of speed, as we touched on. If that collapses in any way, then he wins this race. And it's not even the fact that he just stays further and will be stronger in the final couple of furlongs. This horse is highly capable over two miles. He's not just a two and a half miler. Most of his races, in fact, all apart from one, have come over two miles or an extended two miles. So this trip, there's no problem for him. Uh, I love the fact that Paul Town has chosen him. 
though it's worth noting that Townend has not ridden dice at Dynamo on two occasions already in his career. So it's probably a, uh, he was going to go that way no matter what. He chose Sir Gerhard over dice at Dynamo once before. So um, that's probably why he's chosen appreciate it here as well. I just think he's got to be the play. There's no real value there at two to one, but he's definitely my uh, my idea of the most likely winner. Yeah, okay. I think that's a, a valid case for a horse that, as you say, has done nothing wrong this season. And it will be intriguing to see him ridden differently in the way that Paul Tannen wants to ride him. And that's if we assume Danny Mullins will go out and dictate on Dysert Dymo as we saw him do w- with very good success at Leopardstown in a race where there isn't a huge amount of form to take out of that. But just the raw ability and the way that he tacks his fences. I and mean, he was very, very fast, but I can think he can keep up that momentum. I can't see him just crashing and over-racing too much. I feel with him, the seven-year-old, yeah, he's lightly raced compared to appreciate it. I think that's slightly in his favour. There's a, a lot of untapped potential existing there. Um, the only times he's run badly is when he made a bit of a novice fall at, um, at Cheltenham in the Supreme last year. And then there was something terribly wrong with him at Punchestown. And they put a line with him and he came back clinically abnormal, supposedly. So Dice at Dynamo for me, I'm going to join Ross um, to take on um, Tom with Appreciate It in a really fascinating race. I still think Appreciate It should be the antipost bet for the turn. Um, like Ross does as well but that is the Irish Arkle um, no doubt to be one of the races of the weekend at the Dublin Racing Festival as I mentioned earlier there is so much more over the course of the two days to get stuck into Um, so um, I've got a selection coming up later from my nap uh, from my now, next back selection, and we're also going to look at the Irish champion hurdle um, as well. But before that, we're going to get into the Silly Isles chase, um, which is the grade one over here in our, in England at Sandown, um, 220. Uh, last year, won by Long Press, um, and is a race this year where we've got an Irish representative, um, Jerry Colomb, um, unbeaten. Um, he didn't go to any of the major spring festivals as a novel hurdler last year. He's been given quite a patient campaign by Gordon Elliott, but he's two from two as a novice chaser. Potentially, Gordon Elliott doesn't want him to take on his stable companion, Mighty Potter, in the equivalent race of this at the Dublin Racing Festival on Sunday. But he's also got his favoured right-handed track as well for this. So he as slightly sort of expected in my eyes, um, is the two is the favourite in this at five to four. Mon Morale, who's got two, three seconds now to his name from um, his last three runs, is 130, Balco Coastal also 130, Thunder Rock 92, and Bow to Greatness makes up um, the lot of them, the five of them, at 50 to one. So I think there's... It's, personally, five to four about Jerry Colon, the unbeaten horse who brings over Irish form. We know how much that's standing up at the moment in this division. I think that's quite a nice prize for here with Mon Morale, who just is just not really looks the finished article yet. Ross, what do you think? Uh, I think if uh, you're keen on that, Jess, you need to get down there sharpish with your watering can because I think he's going to need ground softer than, than this. All his best form is on soft, preferably heavy ground. The one time he ran on uh, yielding ground in Ireland was over two miles seven over hurdles, and he got up by a length to beat Ida's boy. Probably ran to a mark of about 136, and he needed every yard of that trip to do so. Back in trip on a on a uh, yes, it's a stamina track in terms of you've got to stay up the hill, but you've got to be able to travel uh, down the back. Uh, I'm really keen to. To, to take him on um what to take him on with is the question i'm just not a fan of monroe at all i think this is a case of a 
the colors and the trainer and the the profile um sort of uh, exceeding what a horse has achieved on the track i think he's he's a nice horse but he's not a not a super horse balka coaster was really impressive last time at kempton um but he was getting eight pound uh, from the runner-up solo um who was nine lengths back and balka coaster did it easily but i just have in my notes i have him pegged as a bit of a a small field flat track bully i think he likes things his own way um i know on his chase debut it was over two miles and it was perhaps a little bit outpaced but i don't think he enjoyed being in and around horses um and i just wonder if there's a couple to take him on and deliver a strong pace here quite what he's gonna gonna deliver so the horse have come down on is is, is thunder rock who i i do like i'd be really keen to see him finish strongly here because i'd love to see him go uh to the Browns at the at the Cheltenham Festival, he was pretty disappointing. I thought last time in that you know he he didn't jump with anywhere near the fluency he can do. But I don't think that was all down to down to him. He's normally a sound jumper. He's got a form going right-handed when winning at Ascot. He'll like this ground, um, and I think this has been the target from some way out. Listening to to the sound bites coming out of the yard. Um, I thought nine to two was a really decent price about a horse that's going to appreciate the ground, given that there is no rain forecast in any of the forecasts I've looked at. So it's it's not going to get softer than it than it is at the moment. Yeah, fair point. Um, good soft. I think Sandown's normally pretty testing, isn't it? Maybe that is what Gordon Elliott had hoped for. Um, I still feel like it's this track setup and uh, not wanting to take on his own um, in Mighty Potter that's really meant that he's uh, happy to to give this a go and probably thinks that he's slight even if the ground isn't right that his horse is a class apart to some that he's running up against and they're essentially you know they've done they've done their bit in in good company over here but I just don't think it's the level that Jerry Colomb has has shown um Tom do you agree with me do you disagree with me do you think there's something that's in here that um that could be up to start up to an Irish level standard Interesting question. Not too sure is the answer. Maybe Jerry Colomb is the horse to beat, um, but I think there are definitely still question marks there. And the fact that Gordon Elliott mentioned the National Hunt Chase as potentially being his next target suggests he's going to need a, a lot longer uh, distance than this race um, here. So he's going to be staying on powerfully at the finish. We know that for sure. It's just whether he gets outpaced by some speedier types and you're taking a short price. So it's a pretty big risk to your reward there if you're matching up. Um I just thought this was a really bad edition of the race. I have to say, the last six renewals have been won by a horse who's achieved a racing post rating between 160 and 163. That's not going to continue here. I'll straight up say that now. Also, nine of the last 10 winners of this race came into the race with a rating of 149 or higher. Now, people will look at the, the race card for, for this year's renewal and see that Thunder Rock's rated 150, Jerry Colomb's rate, rated 154, and the others are, are rated lower, 148, Monroe. But I don't think Thunder Rock's a 150 horse, and I'm pretty sure that Jerry Colomb hasn't shown that he's a 154 horse just yet. For, uh, Thunder Rock, for example, has been stuffed on both tries in graded company. Now, I know Ross fancies him here, and that's fair enough because it's not a very good race. But in a good renewal of a, a grade one City Isles, I don't think he'd get close. Mon Morale disappointed me last time. He reminds me a lot about a lot of Hitman early in his career. Just a horse that doesn't really want to go through with it. As you say, maybe not the finished article just yet. And Jerry Colomb, in my opinion, is yet to beat a good horse. So I don't know where the, the handicap has got 154 from. Maybe just because he's unbeaten and is trained by uh, Gordon Elliott. 
this is not a bet for me. I don't think it's a, a very good punting race whatsoever. There are lots, lots of imponderables and questions. If I was forced to have a bet, which obviously I'm not, gamble responsibly and all that, um, I would take a chance on Balco Coastal just purely because last time out, maybe that was the key to getting him uh, back to this horse that Nicky Henderson believed he was going to be early in his career. N- uh, Nico de Boinville took him wide on the track, really helped his jumping. He, that was the, the catalyst for the improvement. Just when he's within the field, he tends to hit a few fences. Maybe he needs a, a clear sight of his obstacles to get from one side to the other. And he improved improved 10 pounds on RPRs. Now, on official ratings, there's no way he should be winning at Silly Isles. But maybe he's the value in a race where I, I struggle to make a case for any of the others. Okay, yeah, look, it's probably a lot of question marks hanging over a lot of them. And I don't think everything is perfect for Jerry Klom, especially, as you said, the ground. And as you said, this, this trip and... You look through the comments that have been made by, um, especially Jordan Gainford, who rides him again, saying that he loved the ground at Limerick last time when he won. It was soft to heavy. But I don't think he might need to be at his very, very, very best to beat this field. Um, Bow to greatness, um, obviously, in there as well. The last, um, the only horse that we haven't mentioned, and he's got an official rating of 135, RPR of 134. So he's got a lot to find with um, with with them. But as we've seen last week, especially at Cheltenham, um, these horses, um, the, the, the the sort of the big, bigger players, ones that are trying to uh, stake their claim, can do, especially against the Irish horses. So look, that's the Silly Isles. Um, probably not the biggest and best betting race, but um, grade one and um, well worth watching ahead of um, the Cheltenham Festival. Must mention other races to follow um, on Saturday at the Dublin Racing Festival at uh, the 305, the Irish Gold Cup, Galloping Deschamps versus Statler. Um, brilliant to see these two lining up against each other. That would be really fascinating. Um, but from a selection point of view, we're going to look at the Irish champion hurdle next because this comes up on Sunday. Um, as I said, it's Thursday. We don't have declarations, but I'm pretty certain the field that we um, see at present is what we're going to find, we hope. Um, State man for Willie Mullins, as well as Vauban taking each other on again with Pi Piper, who also um, ran in that Matheson hurdle, all uh, lining up. And then the return of Honeysuckle, who she is mainly at the hops from this race. She's won this um, three times straight. Uh, she's back down to her preferred trip of two miles. And her form isn't working out too bad. Yes, she was beaten, um, but she was beaten by a horse, uh, Tiopu, who's gone and backed that up since. So this is um, a champion hurdle where the new guns are going to take on the queen of this division for so many years. And Ross, I think oh, when we've looked at this in the past, we've seen her win and we've seen her be so comprehensive, but there's always been a feeling that it's, this division has kind of lacked that little bit of stardust. Do you think Stateman and Boban and the younger pretenders could really be that stardust the Irish champion hurdle division have been looking for? I think Stateman is probably the best horse she's she's had to race against over this trip. That's that's for certain. I mean, I approached this race really keen to sort of try and get on the the fairy tale story of you know um, her bouncing back to her to her best. Um, but I, I just can't see it. And, and Henry de Bromhead is just two from 27 in the last 14 days, 7% strike rate. Um, now, good horses will overcome plenty of things. And there's no doubt she is a good horse. But she's getting on in years. She's been at the cut and thrust now for, for three seasons. And I just wonder whether she's going to have the pace to deal with, with State Man uh, for all that I would absolutely love to be wrong. Because if she bounces back, and delivers a performance that we know she can deliver, 
it really makes uh, the, cha the, the champion hurdle exciting again because we finally have that Constitution Hill and Honeysuckle matchup. But I think trying to be pragmatic about it, I think Stateman is the right favourite. Um, I'm a really big fan of Vauban. I think there's every chance at the Cheltenham uh, Festival that Vauban will get closer to Stateman, if not get in front of him. But I think on this track, um, for all that Vauban had to switch and perhaps didn't get the run of the race last time, I think Stateman is the is the right favourite. I'd be surprised if he was beaten. It's not a race I'm going to have a bet in. Um, and if Honeysuckle is anywhere near challenging coming to the last, I will be screaming my lungs out for her because I think it's a, a she's been a great story for racing. And, and if you could have one more chapter, it would be it would be even better still. Yeah, look, totally. And for that, those reasons, I think the price that you can get her um, at the moment, which is seven to four, that's probably the biggest price. She, I think she's gone off for, I can't remember how many years. Um, so you've got to re retain a little bit of faith in this super mare. As I said, two miles, I believe, is her trip. She just didn't see it out against some real stayers last time. You've got to you've got to give her the opportunity again. I think that Henry de Bromer point is really crucial. Um, Tom, what do you feel? Yeah, I really respect Honeysuckle. She's obviously a super mare. She's done phenomenally well in her long career. 16 wins from 17 races. And I do think last time out, she was probably beaten by the Stayers Hurdle winner elect in Tihupu because he was just oh, demonstrative. The next time up, mm. he was super from uh, for Gordon Elliott. Really kicked clear in the closing stages and looks a real useful horse. So Honeysuckle's form has been boosted. I don't know. When a horse loses their air of invincibility like Honeysuckle did uh, and in the manner that she lost, she wasn't just narrowly beaten. She was readily put aside. I don't, it kind of puts me off them next time just because regression is something that I fear as a, as a punter and I don't want to be going in on a horse that's not at their best. Um, I would love her to win, much like Ross said, and I, I'm sure you do as well if you're tipping her up here, but um, I'm going to be with State Man. I just think he's by far the most likely winner. Tally up another one for Willie Mullins. Tally up another one for Paul Townend. Last time out in the Matheson hurdle, this horse could have won by seven or eight lengths, not just the four and a quarter he ended up winning by. Yeah, he beat Vauban and plenty of people on social media were saying that Vauban uh, was really unlucky because he had to switch from the inside to the outside at a crucial stage <clears throat> and that he would potentially uh, beat Stateman going forward. I don't really agree with that. I think Stateman was uh, by far uh, the most impressive horse in that race that day. Paul Townend, if he wanted to, could have kicked clear a lot sooner and that winning margin would have just increased. Um, but instead, as he took up the advantage earlier than he want, would have wanted to down the back, uh, Paul Towner just took a pull. It allowed Vauban to close right up Charger um, and that, therefore that's why the winning margin was compressed. This horse has a real sky-high ceiling. He wasn't even asked for effort last time. Paul Towner didn't get the, the persuader out at all. I'd be shocked if he gets beaten in here, though I would love uh, honeysuckle to to go back get back to her best even though i don't think she would even if she was back to her best uh put it up to constitution hill with children okay fine right well so we'll get to our naps the next best and on a day or weekend likely to be dominated by willie mullins i'm sure there'll be some eye catches and and i've got a couple that are less obvious that i'm 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 looking forward to seeing and i will put up one but i'm gonna go to um ross i know you're calling yourself second dietist but let's turn that into winning of dietist miller what have you got for us yeah, I've had a week of seconds, Jess, but did have a winner yesterday. So hopefully the, the tide is turning. Um, the, the nap is in the 210 at Weatherby, uh, and it's a mare, Ruby Island. 
Um, she had really good bumper form. Uh, she was second, beating just half a length at Aintree when giving £4 uh, to the winner, Cordova, who's now rated 126 over hurdles. And then she ran a really good fourth in the listed uh, mayor's hurdle at Cheltenham, um, beating nine lengths by Queen's Gamble, who I think is a, a real contender for the for the champion bumper. And, and just three quarter, uh, one and three quarter lengths behind Bonte, uh, who won on her second hurdle start this week. Now, she does face off against Jane de Burley, who has also beaten Bonte um, over hurdles, but Bonte didn't jump at all well on that occasion. Ruby Island's own hurdle debut, I thought, was really impressive. She travelled really powerfully, jumped very well, and then powered away up the straight to air uh, to win, I thought, in quite an impressive style. She's undoubtedly a mare that's going to stay further. Um, I know her pedigree right well. I actually have a owner, a half a sister to her mother. Um, and I think she will stay further than this in time. But the long straight at Weatherby is going to help her. I'd be disappointed if she couldn't account for Jane de Burley, who I think might have preferred softer ground. Um, so Ruby Island is the nap in the 210. And then the next best also comes from Weatherby in the 240. Um, I think Bally Griffin Koch is going to be a short price favourite for this. But I'm just going to take him on with uh, City Chief on the chance that I think Bally Griffin Cottage might just prefer softer ground. He's undoubtedly a smart horse. But the twice he's run on ground uh, better than soft. Good to soft on both occasions. He's been beaten. Now, albeit they were quite decent races. Um, but I like City Chief. I was impressed with what he did at Hereford on his second chase start. Um, he jumped beautifully. Nicker de Boinville uh, got a great tune out of him. James Bowen is no bad replacement. He's certainly going to like this good ground. Um, and I'm hopeful that he can account for what I expect to be a short price favourite. Brilliant. Yeah, interesting. So much good racing, isn't there, this weekend? Um, all over the country, Musselburgh as well. And uh, yeah, some interesting selections from Ross. Thank you for that. Uh, TC, um, what have you found for us? Yeah, we're going to the flat for the nap. Uh, the 226 at Lingfield, the Catchy Stakes, obviously named after mm. one of the best all-weather sprinters in recent times, Catchy, um, who actually won this race in 2018 and 2019. Talking about previous winners, Carl Burke has won this race four times in the last seven years. He's represented by Exalted Angel, who actually won this race in 2020. That horse has a great chance, but is drawn in gate eight, and that just puts me off him slightly, despite uh, having a, a slight love affair for the horse. I've tipped him up on this podcast a couple of times before. Um, Anaf is the horse to beat. Trade by Mick Appleby, a couple of back-to-back -back impressive victories recently, including last time out at Kempton, where he beat a Kempton specialist called Aramis Gray. He's got a wicked change of gear, good draw. There's lots to like about him, so I wouldn't put you off, and I do fear him. Um, but my selection is Diligent Harry. Now, this son of due diligence was touted as the next big thing as a three-year-old. He went to the All-Weather Finals Champions Day uh, for Clive Cox, and he won that, that three-year-old event really decisively. Since then, he's run seven times. Six of those seven have been in group races, one listed, um, including a couple of group ones. And six of the seven have also come on turf. Now, this horse began his career as an all-weather specialist. We thought that he was going to be the next big thing on the all-weather. And the fact that he's only run on synthetics once since suggests that there is still a, a sky-high ceiling for him on this kind of track. Last year, he posted a couple of disappointing uh, performances, if you look at form figures. But he was just running against much better horses. He was in over his head and Clive Cox was looking for the big prize that they expected him to uh, produce early in his career. And it just didn't materialise. But he's got a great record when fresh. He now drops down in class. He's got a good draw. And Clive Cox's horse is 44% strike rate in the last two weeks. So they're firing. I think there's lots to like about Diligent Harry in the 226 at Lingfield. And the next best, slightly different, um, 
but I'm going to head to Ireland. I think this is the first Irish tip I've uh, I've done on this podcast in like a year, aside from the future races. Um, and it's a horse called A Wave of the Sea, who runs in the 410 at Leopardstown on Saturday. He's currently around 8, 10 to 1, so I won't rule out backing him each way, despite being a next best. On face value, again, he's a horse that you can't really uh, have much confidence in, just looking at his form figures. However, his last four starts have come over three miles. That trip is just far too far for him. He's a two-miler, two-and-a-half-miler at, at best. They've been getting him fit, I think, for this prize. 100,000 uh, euros up for grabs in this race. Joseph O'Brien, very shrewd trainer. We know all about J.P. Manis as an owner as well. Likes to target his horses at one race. And a wave of the sea has won this event for the last two years off marks of 133 and 142. He comes into this year's renewal off 144, so slightly above last year's winning mark. But they booked a, a real sharp £7 conditional to take the ride. There are younger horses in the race that have sexier profiles, including an owner mate, uh, another one trained by, uh, owned by J.P. McManus. But I think a wave of the sea is definitely the value around eight or tw- 10 to one. And he can record the three-peat in this race, the uh, 410 at Leopardstown on Saturday. Okay, yeah, one of a couple of really interesting handicaps at Leopardstown on Saturday. I uh, I love that three-mile handicap hurdle um, preceding it. And yeah, there's some so many that I was tempted to put up, like, like the look of Blue Sari, Maxim, is he still well in? Like, there are so many different strands of uh, thoughts going into those handicaps. They're really interesting. And I always think it's worth noting and seeing that who are just sort of creeping into places, running good eye catches, but prep into uh, a run potentially at Cheltenham. No one wants to go up too much in the handicap ahead of the festival. But thanks, um, TC. Some really um, interesting selections there for the weekend. Um, for me, as I said, on a day weekend likely to be dominated by Willie Mullins, there's some eye catches that I've been looking forward to seeing run. And I've Heard a bit of a word for a horse, Gust of Wind, um, a son of Great Pretender, who is having his first start in the juvenile hurdle at 155, where Lossy Mouth is likely to be a very, very short price favourite. Um, you know, she's looked pretty spectacular in the two runs she's had so far here in Ireland. Um, she also gets the weight advantage as well. But this horse, Gust of Wind, is probably probably one that um, less will know about and have, have quite a decent price. You might remember Elated Tonk, who was third at 40 to one in this race and just his first run for Willie Mullins last year. Um, Willie's not afraid to throw horses in the deep end at this stage. It means that they can keep their novice status for next year. And I do um, think um, Gust of Wind could be one of that similar ilk. So um, that's one that I, I am uh, excited to see on Saturday. Um, and then my other next best selection will be at Musselburgh on Sunday. Now, um, I was lucky enough to speak to Harry Derham at Wincanton on Boxing Day, and he was talking about his plans for this year and the meetings he's likely to target. And he used to go up to Musselburgh a lot as assistant to Paul Nichols. And um, Paul Nichols loved to take horses up to this meeting, um, and they did very well at it. And obviously, Harry Derham got, got used to the type of horse that did well at the track and um, sort of plotting the right path for those horses at the, in the right races. And he's waited um, to run Sea Lot More Business, who won on Boxing Day at Huntington. Um, his first winner, his first runner was his first winner. He's waited to run him at Musselburgh on Sunday in the two-mile, four-far-long handicap hurdle. He's gone up a fair bit in the handicap, £11. But the form of his race has worked out supremely well. Um, Move It Like Mini um, is was 
who we beat into second was a winner. Uh, Pearly Ireland, who was in fourth, is so is since been a winner as well. So I like um, how that's all stacking up. Um, I like the fact that Harry Durham has really planned this out um, specifically and knows, as I said, how to uh, find the right horses for this meeting. So I hope that he has more success as he seems to be doing all um, throughout 2023 um, as well. So those are my two selections ahead of what's a busy weekend and uh, hopefully we found some winners for you at this stage a reminder that new sbk customers can get 10 pounds in free bets by betting 10 pounds t's and c's always apply reminder to subscribe to whichever podcast channel you listen to or if you enjoy youtube as well you can see us on that and um, we have got anti-post um cheltenham specials for the championship races and for the novice chases and we will have a very special edition of the of the cheltenham podcast coming up um ahead of the week itself but for now a very big thank you to ross and to tom and we'll see you soon